Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top few events. I am André and with me our basketball expert, Yo Volent. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man, what are we talking about today? We are back from our Christmas break and on today's episode, we will be recapping the action from round 16 of the EuroLeague. Let's do some quick housekeeping and heading into New Year's and with a double header week that will be taking place on the first week of 2024, we will be having the recap of round 16 on today's episode. On tomorrow, we will release a round 17 preview. This round 17 will be taking place on Thursday and Friday. It will be the last round of the EuroLeague on the, this calendar year of 2023. Then on the end of the week, on Friday, after the games, we will bring you a brief recap of this round 17 and also our preview of round 18. So you guys will have it available for you. The round 18 will start on the 2nd of January and we wanted to make sure that it will be available for you throughout the weekend and uh, ahead of New Year's Eve so you can now what to expect from the round 18 that will be the first hand of that doubleheader week and uh, also a quick recap of the action from the, the round 17 that will take place this week we will have our EuroLeague leans and picks coming out on each day of the competition it, that will happen on this week's games and also on the doubleheader week next week and then in the middle of the week we get back to our normal schedule uh, we will have our recap of round 18 and preview of round 19 coming out on Wednesday our early glints and peaks coming out every day and then on the following week we have on Monday the recap of round 19 on Tuesday the preview of round 20 our early talk will be back on Wednesday of the second week of January and then our early glints and peaks coming out on each day of the competition and then it's our return to our normal schedule with, with five episodes a week for covering the EuroLeague for you guys. We start this episode by looking to the game, it was the first game of this round 16 that took place in uh, Serbia but it was a home game for Maccabi, a game between Maccabi and Red Star a game where the Serbian team Red Star was able to conquer an important road win for them. They beated Maccabi 92-98 and despite in the end this being a 6 point game the, the truth was that uh, Red Star by scoring 59 points on the 2nd and 3rd quarter were able to build a 14 point lead heading to the 4th and they had a strong lead heading to the 4th quarter and despite the comeback with the 27 to 19 quarter for Maccabi in the fourth quarter, they weren't able to come back all the way, and uh, Red Star was able to secure this uh, very important road win for them. In this game, the game MVP was Miles Teodosic. He had impressive 27 points, two rebounds, 14 assists, two steals, and he continues to be one of the top players of the early, and he still has the ability to perform at this incredible level. How did Red Star dominate this matchup and what was lacking for Maccabi? Well, for Red Star, man, the answer is simple. Uh, old man still got it. <laughs> I mean, Milos Teodosic, I thought this was 2014 for a second. What a legend. Man. Not only was Red Star incredible from the three-point line, 
but they were able to to force turnovers. And, and then when you have such an elite playmaker like Milos, that offense will always be on point. And, and if shots are falling like they were in this game, they are just a tough team to beat. Uh, for Maccabi, what was lacking was uh, Bonzi Carlson uh, showing up a, as the third scorer. And because both guards had 20-plus in Lorenzo and Wade, uh, but I think Bonzi needed to, to show up and help them scoring-wise. But uh, I also got to look at Antonius Cleveland because I thought he would be a, a better... Not gonna, I don't want to say better fit because I do think he fits that team well, but I thought he would be more productive and help more scoring-wise because I, I felt like this team needed that from him. And he has been disappointing me a little bit in that regard. Um, but nonetheless, I think Maccabi should have tried to involve Bonzi Colson earlier because those two guards can get their, their shots and their points anytime during the game. So I think for Maccabi, a way to fix this is to try to set up other guys first so that the other guys can get a rhythm and then those guards can go off because they can do it within the flow of the game and they don't need to, to, to start it off like that. They can just help the other guys who are not as good creating their own shots and getting their points. I think they should help them first getting the rhythm so that then they can be aggressive and then when the defense tries to close on those guards, then you have the other guys in rhythm and they can make shots for you. So I, I thought that was the problem here for Maccabi. Uh, when they showed up, like they had a good fourth quarter, but it, it was already too late. The, the gap was already too big in favor of Red Star. So I thought this was a great offensive performance for Red Star. The defense was still not good. They, they gave up 92 points. So that's definitely something they got to keep working on. Uh, but uh, just a great performance offensively, and Maccabi didn't have enough to, to keep up. Red Star really shown the ability of doing the most with the possessions that they had on this game. Both teams shot at an incredible clip from behind the arc. Uh, Maccabi shot 13 out of 27 from 3, shooting 48.1%, while Red Star shot 15 out of 33, shooting 45.5%. Maccabi had a huge advantage from the free throw line. They went uh, 23 from 27 against 11 from 14 from Red Star. But Red Star was able to find ways to, to just dominate this game. They outscored uh, Maccabi in second chance points, 23 against 14. They outscored Maccabi in points of turnovers, 20, out 20 against 13. And they just were able to, in these ways, to just find ways to be dominant and to have the advantage on this game. A team that also needed to find ways to, to be dominant and to, to be able to impose themselves, especially on the second half of this game, was Valencia, that beat at home Virtus, 79-71. to Valencia started the game better with a 26-21 first quarter, but Virtus seemed to, seemed to have found uh, themselves and just a way for them to impose themselves in the second quarter where they won 26 to 11, but it was on the third quarter where Valencia just show how effective their defensive ability can be, and they allowed only seven points from Virtus, and that was the turning point of the game, the 23 to 7 third quarter, and Valencia went into the fourth quarter with a six-point advantage that they were able to control and to even add two points to it to reach the final score 79 to 71. It was a game where Chris Jones was the game MVP with uh, 17 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 steal. And once again he showed how important he is for, for the offensive scheme of this uh, Valencia team. 
his creation and his ability to score is really important and crucial for their ability to to dominate the games and to be able to produce enough offensively when their defense is able to, to impose themselves and dominate the games. Valencia was able to keep Virtus to 71 points and secure this important win. What were the keys of this matchup and how does Justin Anderson that Valencia is signing for a month suits this team? Yeah, man, starting off with Justin Anderson, uh, I definitely think he can help this Valencia team. Uh, I believe he is a guy who fits their identity of playing hard defense and playing with effort. I think he's a, a perfect guy for that. And uh, I also think he, he can help them scoring-wise a little bit. Uh, not that he's a natural scorer, but at this level, he can definitely score the ball uh, from the wing position. And also, he's a, a decent three-point shooter, if you're talking about catch and shoot. So I think this is a very good signing for them. I think he, he can add to what they have been doing as far as playing elite defense and just grinding the games. So I believe this is a very good signing and a very good fit for this team. About this matchup specifically, I mean, the key for Valencia was that they did their thing defensively because it's very hard to hold a team like Virtus to only 71 points. We know how good of a team they are moving the ball and shooting the ball and scoring in high volumes. So this is a great, great game from Valencia. Uh, I thought they did a great job on the boards, uh, guarding the three and forcing turnovers for for Virtus because that's something that's uncharacteristic of them to, to turn the ball over at a high rate. And basically the ball movement was limited and that's credit to Valencia's defense. So they basically took Virtus out of their games and, and that was halfway through getting the, the win. Uh, playing at home and needing to bounce back after losing to Partizan. Uh, I thought Valencia did a great job here and Virtus was just not able to impose their game like they usually are. So a great job defensively by Virtus and a great win because they needed that. You just mentioned Partizan and they are the team we'll be getting to next. And uh, they had a tough road loss against Real Madrid that once again looked extremely impressive and won this game 91-75. to this was a 16-point win, but uh, heading to the fourth quarter, Real Madrid already had a 25-point lead. Partizan was able to, to have a good fourth quarter, but uh, it was a point of the game that the game was decided and that Real Madrid, led by Zanon Musa, that was a game MVP, had 23 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, and impressive, an impressive plus-minus of plus 29 he just symbolized how dominant Real was and Real Madrid really was to, he really was able to impose themselves and to just control this game from beginning to, to the end. It was a ridiculous level of dominance that we saw from Real in this game. What can Partizan do to reduce this gap that they seem to have for Real Madrid and that it showed on uh, this game? Well, maybe play this game in Serbia would be a good help for Partizan. <laughs> Uh, no, man, I'm joking. But honestly, it's just hard because Real Madrid didn't even have play a great game. Like, uh, I just think the amount of talent that they have over there is just on another level. I think Partizan needed to take care of the ball a lot better and they needed to have a, a very good shooting game. And Real did a great job forcing turnovers and guarding the three. So Partizan was not really able to, to offset uh, Real Madrid's dominance uh, in that regard. Uh, I think Real Madrid also did a great job of staying consistent, consistent defensively and not fouling because that would have just allowed Partizan to get to the line and get easy points. So Real Madrid did a good job of staying in it. Uh, I thought it was a very consistent game for Real Madrid defensively, but offensively, 
Real Madrid can be much, much better. And to be honest, that's scary because they scored 91 points. They won by double digits. And I don't think they played a great game. And that is really scary for not only for partisan, but for the rest of the competition because I really don't know how can somebody stop this Real Madrid team. And obviously, Fenerbahce got the win against them. But, I mean, it, it, it took some very uncharacteristic mistakes, and especially that one from Campazzo at the end, uh, for them to get a win. And the fact is, th- this team is just too good. And they've been without Diabocelli, and they're still dominating teams. Like, I, I truly believe Partizan is a contender. And just like Monaco and other teams, and Real has just been dominating all of them. Like, it looks like when they play a, a true contender, they... They, they just want to send a message and be like, no, 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 we are the better team and you're not going to mess with us because we're going to show you that we are the better team. And that's what happened here. I, I definitely think Partizan has a chance to compete at a much higher level than this against Real Madrid. And maybe that will happen when they play in Serbia. Uh, but Real is just a better team, man. And they've been showing that consistently. So credit to them. The next game we will be looking at was the road win of Basconia against FS. 82-87. This was a game where Cody Miller-McIntyre was the game MVP. He had a good performance on both sides of the court and he ended the game with 14 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists. He was one rebound short of a triple-double and he ends his game as the, the game MVP despite the another great performance by Marcus Howard that was the top scorer for the, the winning team for Basconia with uh, 28 points. FS looked better with uh, Otoro. He's adding a new layer for this team. But uh, without their best player, they fell short against a high-level Basconia. What caught your eye? What caught my eye here, and not only on this game, but for the past few games uh, of Basconia, is Cody Miller-McIntyre and his impact on this team and on the game. Like He's a guy who can literally do it all while guarding the best players on the other side. So just showing some size and some physicality to both Shane Larkin and Darius Thompson, I thought he, he did a great job and he almost had a triple-double too. So he, he has been a lot better than I expected from him coming into the season. And he has helped this Basconia team to, to, to play at this level and to be high in the standings, which I did not expect. I didn't see it coming from, from Basconia. Uh, obviously, Coach Ivanovic has been very important as far as like trying to assemble a, a, a consistent a consistency on, on the defensive side of the ball. And that's been very, very important for this team. But I, I think as far as the players go, I, I think Cody Miller-McIntyre has been very, very impactful and he's been surprising me a lot. So credit to him. I, I think he's doing an amazing job for this team. Uh, and then when you combine that with Marcus Howard's scoring ability and Chima Moneka's energy, like Basconi is just a well-oiled machine and they did a great job on this game. For Efesh, I mean, obviously, it's going to be tough with all the injuries, and especially when one of the injured guys is your best player in Will Clyward. Uh, I think Shane Larkin has been playing at a very high level, uh, MVP level. Uh, it's just that the team hasn't had the success for him to be in the MVP conversations, but he's definitely playing at that level. And they were able to compete, mostly because of him. They just didn't have enough. And now that they got Elijah Bryant back, I think this team is going to start taking steps forward as far as being... A, a true competitive team and a true playoff team. Uh, I think they're gonna keep. They're gonna be climbing the standings in the next few weeks. And this game, it could have fallen to their side, but Basconi was able to stay consistent and get the win. Uh, but I think FS is gonna start improving now that they are getting some guys back. And 
uh, Oturo, like you said, ha- has been very helpful for this team. So uh, I like what I'm seeing from FSG. It's just a matter of getting healthy and then playing. So uh, a great job by both teams here, but Basconia getting this road win is uh, unbelievable. So very good performance by them. Very good performance and very good road win for Basconia. And now let's look into another road win, this time around a hard-fought one for Barcelona that was able to beat Jalgiris in Kaunas 80-85. to For Barcelona, the game MVP was Jan Vesely. He ended the game with 15 points, 5 rebounds and 1 seal and 1 block and a plus-minus of plus 12. He was a crucial player for this Barcelona road win in Jalgiris and it wasn't an easy one. Barcelona got the win, but uh, Jalgiris put up a great fight. What did each team do well on this game? For Jalgiris, man, just staying in it. Like, just trying to be competitive to the best of their ability. I mean, obviously, we know uh, the gap as far as talent is a big one. Uh, but for them to to keep competing, and they didn't allow Barcelona to get comfortable, even when Barcelona was up. So uh, I thought Jalgiris did a great job. And then on the third quarter, they played very good defense, and they were able to make shots, and that's what got them the lead. But then it comes to, to Barcelona uh, being able to answer. And I think that's a testament to every great team. It's like, okay, you have the lead, you are comfortable. But then when the other team goes on a run and gets the lead, are you able to respond and are you able to bounce back? And Barcelona did that. I mean, they were very good on the offensive rebounding. They were able to answer after the great third quarter for Zagiris. And they showed up in the fourth playing elite defense, dominating on every aspect of the game. And uh, I think the key guys here were Kalinic because he had a, a great all-around game. And, and then Laprovitla being the best player on the floor once again. I mean, the season he's having for Barcelona has truly been impressive. And he's just a, a hell of a player. So I thought Barcelona didn't, they shouldn't be in, in this position of where they were struggling to get this win. But the fact that they were able to respond in that fourth quarter the way they did, I mean, it's a credit to, to how they play and to, to their experience too. So it's a great win to go to Lithuania and to win against Zalgiris on the road. It's not easy, but they did that. So I believe Zalgiris deserves a lot of credit for being competitive at the level they were. But shout out to Barcelona for being able to respond and to get the win. Barcelona showing personality to conquer this hard-fought road win. And in the next game, another road win this time around for Olympiacos against Asvel, 73-85. to I think I got the answer to my question on this one. It was about Asvel being able to slow down Olympiacos and they just weren't. You have been having a positive outlook of this uh, Asvel team, uh, of course, within their limitations. But do you think that they can raise from the bottom of the standings? It's going to be hard, man. I I mean, I've been impressed with the way they can score. I mean, they obviously can score the ball at a very good level, but the defense is just not good enough to compete at, at the same level. So uh, I think they can get some wins due to their scoring ability, but it's going to be very hard. I mean, when you look at this matchup, I was pleased to, to see Olympiakos score and shoot the ball at a high level. But again, that, that just goes to show how much Oswell struggles defensively. I thought Olympiakos did a great job as far as three-point shooting because they were able to score 12 threes and they were efficient. And then protecting the paint. They had eight blocks, which is not something that you see at the EuroLeague level every day, but when you have guys like Fall and Milutinov, they just did a great job protecting the paint. And that was because of that, they were able to limit Asvel's scoring production. I mean, Asvel has guards who can drive and who can create shots off of driving to the paint. And uh, because you have guys like Milutinov and Fall 
inside protecting the paint that, that just limits Oswald's ability to drive and, and I thought that was a, a great step towards getting this win uh, Olympiacos again was very good defensively like we know they are and then they just took advantage of um, Oswald's defensive struggles and they were able to dominate this game so uh, it's a great win for Olympiacos because it's on the road and they needed a win to, to get back in, in form and hopefully they can keep producing they can keep playing at this level and getting some more wins because they've been struggling a lot too so I thought this was very important and I hope they can use this win as a, a first step to into getting in the right way. So shout out to Olympia. Another game and another road win. All the six games of the second day of this uh, round 16 of the EuroLeague ended with a road win. This time around it was Fenerbahce being able to impose themselves against Alba 82-91 to in a game where the MVP for Fenerbahce was Scotty Willokin. He ended the, this game with 20 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists and 1 steal. This was a game where Fenerbahce in the end just uh, ended up having too much firepower for Alba. The final score wasn't surprising, but uh, would you say that Fenerbahce is performing as a top team now? Yeah, I believe they are performing as a top tier team. Uh, I just want to see them do a, offensively do a better job taking care of the ball. And then defensively, I also believe they, they can still be better because they allowed Alba to, to score 82 and they didn't even shoot good from three. Uh, Alba was seven for 16 from the three-point line and for them to, to score 82 points while shooting that bad from three, uh, I think Fenerbahce needs to do a much better job in that. Uh, but outside of that, they look very good. Uh, they are moving the ball, they are getting on the boards and they are shooting the ball at a very good level too. And, and like we knew that Fenerbahce has a great roster and we've been knowing this since last season. Um, it was just a matter of putting it all together and making it work. And from what we've seen so far, uh, ever since coach uh, Jessica Vicius came in, they've beaten Monaco, they've beaten Zalgiris, and now they've beaten Alba. Uh, three games that they were probably favorite for outside of maybe of the Monaco game. Um, but they are getting wins. They they are 3-0. and So, But more than just the, the end result, I think they are playing better basketball and I think that's the key for when a team has a roster like this. A lot of times they just they just chill when they are favorites and they play down to the level of their competition. And uh, what I'm liking is that they are improving the quality of their game. And uh, I think they are playing more as a team and they are getting different guys to show up every game. So uh, I think Fenerbahce is doing a, a very good job so far with Coach Sarunas. And I have, I believe it's going to keep that way. it's going to keep being that way. And I think they're going to keep improving as a team. And hopefully when we get to the end of the season, they're going to be right there as true contenders. So we'll see what Fenerbahce does the rest of the year. Uh, for Alba, I think they needed to shoot, shoot more trees in order to, to have a better chance against a top team. And they just didn't do that. So I think that was probably one of the reasons that they weren't able to compete even more than, than they did. But to shoot that bad from three and still scoring 82 and still being somewhat competitive, I thought it was a positive sign. And I think Alba can be a dangerous team to, to get some wins in the until the end of the season. I believe they are one step above uh, Oswell now because even though they also struggle defensively, I, I just think Oswell defensively is a bit worse. So uh, I like what Alba is doing and it's understandable that they are low on the standings. I just think they have a, a nice product on the court and, and they play at a good level for what they have. So good job by both teams here. Next, we will have the game of the other German team that uh, plays in the EuroLeague. They lost at home against Monaco, 91-80. to 80. 
And despite the backcourt of Bayern having good performances from Sylvian Francisco and uh, Carson Edwards, the backcourt from Monaco was even better with Elio Cobo and Mike James performing at a high level, with Mike James being the game MVP with 28 points, 2 rebounds and 3 assists, ending this game with a plus-minus of plus 10. This was a game where uh, Monaco was able to impose themselves, at halftime they were leading by 15 Bayern had uh, an answer in the third quarter where they won 29-21. to That wasn't enough for them to take over the lead. Uh, heading into the fourth, Monaco still was on the lead by 7 points. And in the end, they were able to close this 11-point win. An important win for Monaco. This is a great win for them. What lacked from Bayern and how did Monaco impose themselves on this game? Well, on this matchup for Bayern, uh, I just thought they had way too many turnovers and they didn't get to the line enough. I, they had a, a great three-point shooting performance, but at times I, I feel like they settled for the three when they could have been more aggressive uh, attacking the defense. And for Monaco, even though they had a terrible shooting performance, they did a great job attacking the rim and getting to the line and forcing turnovers, being able to get some fast break points. And, and then, of course, when you have Mike James and, again, another elite performance by him, uh, I think he is running away with the MVP award this season it's just it looks different man like he's always been able to put up numbers he's always been able to hit clutch shots but I think he's so focused on winning this season that I really believe that's the key difference here for him and for this Monaco team and I think that's what's going to give him the MVP is he's playing defense like he's doing everything he can for his team to win these games and I think this was a hard game to win on the road against a very good Bayern team and Bayern scored 14 threes. They shot at a very high level. And Monaco was able to, to stay in it, to, to get to the free throw line, because they were terrible from three. So the fact that they were able to get to the free throw line to make up for some of that bad shooting performance was very good. And obviously, Mike James is a big, big part in that. So I was very happy to see Monaco being able to, to come back from not shooting the ball well and from losing that game against Panathinaikos at the buzzer with that Grigonis three. Uh, it was a great way to, to bounce back and, and to get a win here uh, because if they had lost both games this week, it, it would have been tough for them in the standings. But they did a great job here stepping up, bouncing back, and they got to thank Mike James for that because he is a hell of a player and I think he's by far the best player in EuroLeague this season and he keeps showing it week after week why we should think that. So great job by Monaco getting this win. I couldn't agree more. Mike James is truly having an impressive EuroLeague season so far. Let's then head into the last game that we will be recapping, the game between Milano and Paratinaikos. A win for the Greek team, the 76 to, to against 68. Uh, uh, a win led by Kostas Lucas, that was the game MVP, and he ended the game with 9 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists and 1 steal. We never truly know what uh, we will get from Milano, and this time it wasn't great. Paratinaikos stepping up defensively was the key for them to win this game. Exactly, man. Just like you said, we never know what we will get from Milan. Either they beat Barcelona or then they struggle against lower level teams. Like, it's just, it's so weird. Uh, I mean, now that they have Napier with them, uh, I believe they're going to start being a bit more consistent. And if they happen to get Miritich back, I think that pairing is insane. For this matchup specifically, uh, I 100% agree with you. Uh, the key for this game and for this Panathinaikos win was the way they stepped up defensively. And we are not used to see Panathinaikos playing defense at, at this level. 
So that was very good to see. Uh, I think they did a great job guarding the three, which would have been the only way for Milano to, to get this win, in my opinion, was if they get hot from three. So great job by Panathinaikos there. And they, they just stayed consistent overall. They, they didn't make many mistakes. And even though they didn't have a great offensive performance, they made up for that with the way they play defense, just staying solid and not allowing Milano to go off. I think Kendrick Nunn has been proving to be a major piece of this team's success. Uh, Panathinaikos really looks like they have found their way and they are a scary team for sure. I, I believe they're going to keep climbing the standings. They're going to keep being on the way up. Now that they have Juancho healthy as well, uh, to see how they're going to integrate him into their rotation now with Midoglu also being available, uh, I think that's going to be a, a key piece for this team. But they've done a great job. This week, they had two hard games on the road and to beat Monaco at the buzzer and, and now to beat Milano here in what would have been a hard game as well. They did a very good job on both games, and they they are a scary team for the rest of the season, for sure. They they really look like they found their way. I'm very impressed by Panathinaikos, and this is the team that we expected uh, before the season started. They are a contender, for sure. They've been playing like one, so it has been a great job by Panathinaikos, for sure. And with this Panathinaikos road win, we reached the end of this episode. Tune in tomorrow for our preview of round 17 of the EuroLeague. Subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Titus EuroLeague. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye guys, see you on next episode.